0: welcome everybody to the pro zone this is rick del santo and joining me tonight on this wednesday night is dan the beast 1994 now one of the things that i'd like to bring up with of course uh non-wrestling related rock legend eddie van halen has passed one of the greatest guitar uh players guitarists i should say excuse me uh of all time and it's very sad uh the age 65 throat cancer um he was a very big part of my childhood growing up in the early 80s i mean i guess that uh you know he was very influential i think they had their like their fourth or fifth album out around that time period that i was uh getting into him and it was just it was uh you know they were a very special band they were pretty. They were probably the biggest band uh, at that time period. Nineteen when nineteen eighty four came out, and um, so it's very uh, it's, it's it's a heavy loss that uh, Eddie Van Halen had passed.
1: Yeah, um, I, I would say Eddie Van Halen was definitely the king of electric guitar, especially yeah. around that time period. And he definitely played an influential part in my childhood as well. Um, you know, growing up, you know, kid power rangers fan you know the mighty Morphin power ranger movie came out right at the end they played uh dreams you know And this was during like the sammy Hagar era but you know it was like one of those songs that i was like wow that's a good song let me look this up that's a great
0: song that's a great song i listened to that album yesterday actually i think that the uh the i always say a lot of things are underrated but the sammy Hagar era does not get enough credit i think uh I just look at it as two different bands, you know what I mean? It's like the same band, but it's like uh two different bands, you know. I love David Lee Roth era, but I also really like the Sammy Hagar era, especially the you know, fifty one fifty and the um, the one uh the one that came out after that. OU Wait you wait! one too. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. I saw them uh on the Balance Tour, I think. Had to be what, the early nineties and um it was quite the impressive show. Sammy and Haydard was still with the group. It was, it was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. So. And, uh, oh boy, what was I going to say? I know there was like an interesting fact that came out uh, when they were auditioning for lead singers after David Lee Roth. Um, one of the guys who were, was in line for being a lead singer was Hall from uh, Hall & Oates, daryl hall that would have been yep. a very very interesting
0: uh line uh lineup you know um do you ever watch his tv show the uh was that live at daryl's house i know it was on m was that on mtv2 or uh, i think it was on vh1 for a while too he um this, this was a wild yeah well yeah yeah but they um he has a TV show. He owns a rock club in New York. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. It's like probably maybe an hour from where you are, I, you and I live. And um, it's like right over the state border from Connecticut to, uh, well, roughly. But he has um, a TV show that he records out of there where he joins in with certain bands. And he'll perform with them. And he uh, joined in with one of my favorite bands of all time and played second guitar and uh Stole the vocal position for Cheap Trick on uh, the TV show, so it was uh, it was a lot of fun to watch him. And then uh, I got to get up there because I saw him make chicken wings in the kitchen, and they uh, sell them in the restaurant. And they look pretty fucking good. With the they went in the kitchen with the chef, <laughs> so it looks like a lot of fun that place that, to hang out at. A lot of great bands played there. You know every now and again you'll see a a cool Facebook stream of uh, of a concert that's happening there. I think Los Lobos played there one day and it was phenomenal, like watching that performance on Facebook. Um, we're not here to talk about rock and roll, really. I mean, it's one of our favorite things to talk about outside of professional wrestling, but there's so much to talk about in professional wrestling. There's a lot of great stuff uh, tonight. we're gonna be talking about some impact wrestling. I thought it was a pretty decent episode. What do you think? You,
1: you know what? I, I like this episode. This, is the, um, this was the episode right after Victory Road, mm-hmm. and um, this is actually our first time reviewing Impact in uh, probably like a month or so. So yeah, I, I know we
0: got to get it. We got to get on the ball.
1: We got to get on the ball.
0: So um, yeah, no, there was there was some good matches here. Apparently, uh, I did not get to see Victory Road. Dan, did you watch it?
1: I did not. I mean, I, I've seen some recaps. Um, obviously, we've seen as Eric Young retain the Impact World Championship against Eddie Edwards uh, really? via submission. And, yeah. you know, after, you know, focusing on the injured knee. So, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I've been relatively busy lately. So it's like I'm trying to keep up in as much wrestling as I can. But um,
1: that was really you know now we have rich swan in the picture you know trying to seek some retribution and now he's number one contender
0: i want to know how he barely wrestled this year and he's number one contender considering he was came out and he's still f- fucking crippled hopping along like peg leg pete um so i have i have no idea how he's number one contender how do you does he i know we haven't reviewed. um Impact in about a month, so we haven't kept up on it as much as we should So, um, has he wrestled at all in that time period?
1: Oh boy, you know, the the last time I could say I recall seeing him wrestle was when we reviewed the uh, Bound for Glory pay-per-view and that's when we had the five-way match Was it Bound for Glory or Slammiversary? Slam yeah. Okay.
0: All right, I was gonna say because my- <laughs> I think my- my my family family's family's family. Family's coming up in three weeks, which I'm looking forward to reviewing that because it looks like it's gonna be a really good show. So Brian Myers uh, and Tommy Dr- yeah, Tommy Dreamer started the show, and Brian Myers um, won by disqualification because uh, uh, Tommy Dreamer beat the shit out of him with a kendo stick after um, Myers took him into the ring. Kendo sticks are one of the most overused things in professional wrestling outside of the Canadian Destroyer. I'm not sure if you're aware of that, the kendo stick.
1: (laughs) Oh, uh, you know, I would say it's very more useful now, um, especially nowadays in Impact. I I feel like every Impact show, like, somebody has a Singapore cane. It's either Eddie Edwards, Tommy Dreamer. Now we have Brian Myers on here. But, you know, we get a rematch of these two New Yorkers, and, you know, it doesn't take long before the fight goes outside. And mm-hmm. the way I see this, I'm loving the fact that Ryan Myers is finally getting the window of opportunity when it comes to like more TV time, you know, just showcasing what he was really about. So.
0: He's actually, they show that he is actually more than capable of wrestling and doing than uh, what he did when he was in that other organization. You know, in WWE, right. he's actually very, he's actually quite the talented wrestler. He's not generic or just subpar, like a lot of people say. Yeah, I think uh, some people I've spoken to just don't think much of him because of his experience, their experience in seeing him there as basically a jobber. Right. And, you know, I think he's. Uh, I don't know. I think he's quite the talented young man. Uh not young man, Jesus Christ. Uh listen to me. I'm sounding like an old person. But I thought I thought this is overall a pretty fun match, pretty good. And the disqualification, you know, uh I hate when opening matches end in disqualification. I know I've mentioned that a million times before. That always irks me. But this is T V so it's get a little bit more leeway.
1: But And uh I, I like the fact that right towards the end, you know, Dreamer, you know, he wields the candlestick at Brian and Brian just begs him like, Hey, thank you, your daughters. And you know, this kind of hesitates Dreamer a little bit. Right. Brian, Brian, like, it slaps he him, him in the eye. Him yeah. the it's like, you know, I, I think the same control for him, the same advice you would say, you know, mm-hmm. he has a daughter of his own, <laughs> but um, no, this was a very entertaining match. And I, like I said, the window of opportunity, I think it's finally open for Brian Myers um, as a single star. Who knows? I mean, especially with the uh contract expiration of uh one Matt Cardona as his contract just expired after the all out pay per view and right. as everybody's aware he only made a five um five appearance deal, which is pretty
0: uh pretty pretty
1: usual. Yeah. Yeah.
0: but you know, I think how many does Brock have in his fucking contract? Tell, Tell me. Maybe. Well, well, Does you he know have something the like 12 and, then he'll spray twelve, and then they'll spread twelve, and then they'll spread them out once a month,
1: something like that. Well, the the way I see, it, I mean, when he was under contract, I would say right. though, but uh, I don't even think he's under contract right now. He's a free no, agent, technically. To my to my knowledge, yes. There's a lot of talk
0: about where he'll end up, but I I have a strong feeling that he's going to end up in back in WWE. If he doesn't do a tour of Japan, I wouldn't be surprised to see him tour Japan. Uh, but it, obviously, right now he can't. So, you know. Uh, After that, they had the rundown. Madison Rain was that her name? And Josh, Josh Matthews. I'm Jesus Christ. I'm stumbling tonight. Do the rundown for Bound of Glory. It's October eighteenth. It's three weeks from now. And then they get into the Division title match for Heat Raju. Issues his open challenge, and Dan's girlfriend wins the title uh, to his open challenge.
1: Let's put it it this way: the the way Rohit has it, he says another opportunity. Obviously, he pans this out. You know, talking about that, he's a first-round draft pick. He's here to give everybody a chance. You know, he's acting like a friendly person. You know, that's still not going to change the fact that I don't like the fucker. So, you know, know why you don't like the guy? listen, it's it's nothing against him. I just find him very bland. Like if you were to pull like a regular bowl of ice krispies and that not add strawberries or a little bit of sugar onto it, you know, you gotta add a little splendor or something. That's how I look at it. So you know, you have Rohit in here, all of a sudden you have Willie Mac. And he's like, Whoa, 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 you've already had your opportunity, okay? You're a lost. It's time for somebody else. You know, you know who will answer tonight's defeat Rohit challenge? It wasn't necessarily a title match as specified. So, right. we finally have Jordan Grace out here. You know, Willie Mac tries to uh, distract Rohit. And, you know, Jordan Grace gets the pinfall. One, two, three, with a roll-up. Everybody thinks, all right, we have a new X Division champion. This is awesome. You know, this is like Jacqueline winning the Cruiserweight title in 2004 against Chavo Guerrero on SmackDown. How great can that be? But you know, this is a different circumstance. I I, I love Jordan, not not just personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, (laughs) I mean, obviously, after that, you know, um, (sighs) Rohe is irritated. You know, he explains what happens to the official. Uh, You know, David Penzer basically announces that the X Division title was not on the line, and still, your X Division champion, Rohe, but you know, Jordan Grace is still the winner of this bout. So, can we possibly see a title match leading up to Bound for Glory in a couple weeks, in an intergender match?
0: I believe that she is part of the match. I think it's like a six-way match. I'm trying to remember the uh, other participants that were mentioned. I uh, don't—hang on. Do I have it here in my notes? Yep. I do Willie Mack, Trey Miguel, Jordan Grace, uh, T.J. Perkins, Chris Bay, and Raju. So, they're all going to be going at it for the X Division title. Um, I don't mind Rahit Raju nearly as much as you do. I think he has his place. Uh he'd probably be better off in the local indies and uh, no offense to him, to like the uh, local knights of Columbus Hall or something. I don't think he's as bad, but I mean he's he's uh you know, he's alright to watch. He just I don't think he's like a superstar quality. But I thought this was kind of an i thought that this was actually i hate intergender wrestling i think that you know that i thought that this was quite the enjoyable portion of the show it's probably one of the best parts of the show believe it or not uh right. with the uh uh jordan grace winning it and then being taken away and it being taken away and explained that she is not the champion so
1: which uh such a big disappointment right? just put it that way.
0: for you yes
1: <laughs> oh, of course, always for me, you know. Jordan Grace, Diana Perazzo. Either way, a win wins for me. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, the, to the, uh, what is it? The next match here, or
0: yep, the Rascals have and. I think that was the backstage segment, the where Rakhit Raju and Scott Demore were meeting, according to my yeah. notes at least. So yeah. The next match was the Rascals and Triple XL. What do you think of the tag team
1: Triple XL? I mean, honestly, you know something with the ability of... Uh, oh my gosh, what is his name? Um, uh, Ace Romero. Ace Romero, yes. So you know that that guy can do it all, and obviously he's been on the path of you know losing weight and everything. And right. Like, Let me tell you. To- for a big guy of his stature, he can move. He can definitely move. From. He absolutely, he can do a lot. He can dive through the ropes. You see that
0: shit? Like yeah. during the. I mean, the guy's amazing. And have you followed him on Twitter or social media at all? He's been losing a lot of weight. He's not nearly as big as he was, uh, you know, when he first came in. You can definitely tell, especially when he's putting the picture side
1: by side. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, that's something I'm going to have to do. Um, so they were going against Zachary Wentz and Desmond Xavier. So, right. uh, towards the end here, we had Wentz talk trash to AC, who hoists him up by the throat. Uh, AC comes into a knock, you know, Wentz down silly, but then he avoids and super kicks AC out. Hot yeah. fire flame on Larry D for the one, two, three. I, I mean, honestly, as good of a tag team, Larry D and AC Romero, or yeah, yeah, AC Romero. I, Honestly, I really don't see him as a tag team for much longer. You know what I'm thinking? I You know, I, I think this is going to be the breakout for A.C., because I really do see big potential.
0: I do, too. I think you're right. I just don't, I don't think that Larry D. is going to be there, like, as a, uh, you know, contra- I don't know how long his contract is, what his deal is, but... He just doesn't seem like one of those guys. He, he seems like one. Of, and no offense to the guy, because he's all right. You know, he's not, you know, he's not on the level of AC Romero, but he just seems like he's one of those guys they picked up along the way uh, when they were working with some local indie for like a Twitch stream or something. You know, <laughs> so, you know, it's like he's he's uh, he's all right. And they, they work together well as a tag team.
1: And you know what? That's the thing with tag teams, too. Obviously, you see something out of the other guy. And that's usually how it goes. You know, you have right. your Marty Jinnetti, Jimmy Ambo Neidhart, you have your, uh, uh, who else? You Crush. have your John Morrison, you have your, you know, shit like that. So.
0: Yeah. Um, the Rascals won the match. Uh, I thought this was, um, uh, considering they were going against guys three times the size, I just don't, I feel like it shouldn't have happened. you know what I mean? Uh, they yeah. gave the Rascals a little bit too much, I thought, on, uh. It should have actually squash them, personal opinion. I mean, there's a rematch from Victory Road. So they wrestled each other just a couple days prior. I just don't think that it should have happened that way. You know, personal opinion, usually when you get wrestlers that are enormously oversized compared to guys that size, they just shouldn't, they should, like I said, they should just get annihilated. Uh, it shouldn't be uh, like an actual uh, contest, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. and it's a souse clash. I mean, this ain't your typical Lex Luger body slamming Absol- Yoko Tuna <laughs>
0: That's right, sir. That's right. Uh, so, going on was the ladies tag team match. That, I'm sorry. I have to use impact terms. I'm sorry. The knockout tag team match. It was uh, Taya Valkyrie, Rosemary against Tasha Steele's and Kira Hogan. Uh, I Valkyrie annoys her her acting her facial expressions she just annoys me I'm sorry but uh, she's a very beautiful woman don't get me wrong it's just uh, and I never noticed this before but I guess I, I must have noticed it before but do you realize that she imitates her husband when she's coming out to the stage I wish oh, she yeah. just the arm arm I never realized that until just I don't know maybe like I, I never wasn't paying attention but she does his whole shtick as she's coming out and at the top right. of the stage before she walks down, but I thought this was actually a really cool match. I really like uh, Kira Hogan. I think she's great. Tasha Steeles is awesome too. Uh, I like. I mean, Taya's good, but she's just—I don't know. Her, her. I think it's her uh, her acting abilities that drive me nuts and don't have me convinced. If
1: you get what I'm saying. You know what? I don't. I don't think it's her acting abilities as much. No. But I think it's more of just, like, her reputation and who she is. Like, hey, I'm John yeah. Morrison's wife. Yeah, but, I think there's a lot know, of it, that. It doesn't beat the fact of how good of a wrestler she is. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. she's had some time down to play. She's had some yeah. time down in Mexico for her career. Um, mm-hmm. I, remember, I remember when she first arrived in TNA. Um, oh, boy. What, what was that gimmick that she had? She used to come out and, like, crown and everything. You know, it looked like something out of Sleeping Beauty. And uh, she uh, <laughs> just turned into this. And, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I guess it's all part of the character. But, right. I mean, nothing really can, you know, outtouch a wrestling ability. But, you know, right. we have the spear by Rosemary. And uh, she hits out the, uh, what was it, like a double underhook sit-out powerbomb? Yes, yep, one. yep. The win, so... And, well, let's just put it this way. I think this is, like, the first Impact show that we've seen where we haven't seen Hogan and Steel's face, Nevaeh and Havoc.
0: Well, if you notice in the background or, or during the match, they were watching the match on the screen, Novaya and uh, Havoc. Now I was just like, oh, geez, here we go again.
1: <laughs> so... This is the point that I brought up weeks ago. Where the fuck is this going? This ain't going nowhere. This is right. just, like, a rivalry where it's, like, all right you you know you have a limited amount of women on your roster and it's all like well let's just put these two together and then the top woman that we have let's just have them face off that's the way i see it i mean i really don't see any progress within this women's division at the moment despite I the fact that... of having jordan grace switching over to the men's gender being like hey i'm gonna take the X i do
0: what you said was uh the women with the roster, like how, they, like um, basically that they have a small roster, the women keep wrestling each other. I think that's the whole entire roster is like that and impact personal opinions because um Anthem just doesn't seem to want to dish out a heavy amount of money to bring in certain people. Now, they really actually kind of splurged when they brought in the guys like Heath Slater and Brian Myers and uh, EC3. You know what I mean? It doesn't seem like they really want to grab certain people you know what i mean because it's just yeah. like they're they just like they don't have a real te- television deal i mean they're on access now but not everybody gets that channel so so i don't i just i just think i think that the the rosters damaged because of that you know but they'll bring in guys like johnny swinger because he's friends with like uh tommy dreamer or something you yeah, you know so well and, fe- and feature him very heavily on the show, which I, I just find very, uh, very annoying. We we'll get of to that.
1: Swinger. Oh, we're, we're getting there right now. Yeah. So speak, Swinger. We have the Deaners taking on Crazy Steve and Johnny Swinger. Or yes. should I say, uh, or what I would say, probably uh, Team Mood Swing. Oh God! You know you got crazy <laughs> people and you got swingers. So, you know Mood Swing. There you go. That's a tag team, right? Now.
0: I like when the Deaners uh, fed the, uh, the bear, or the stuffed animal, the bear. I thought that was pretty uh, comical. <laughs> <laughs> it was ridiculous. I like the Deaners a lot. It was, uh, it was an okay match, but when the Deaners win, I don't know what they're really doing with the Deaners. Because it seems, and this might be part of what I brought up a couple minutes ago. With the roster. It's like Impact seems to hire a lot of mid card type talent and then not necessarily like have guys pushed very heavily. Where are the deaners gonna go? Are the deaners gonna go for the gold at some point?
1: You see where I'm going? Uh, yeah. I mean, unless unless Impact does something at the Glory where they do some like tag team turmoil, have every then tag team have an it- Right, and then they win it out of nowhere, something like that. It's
0: like, I think, yeah, you know, I just, I find it difficult that they bring in so many uh, guys like that. You know what I mean? Like mid-cartering type guys. And no offense to the Deaners, I think they're a great tag team. They're a lot of fun to watch. But it's just, it's aggravating. You
1: know, and and I think the thing with the Deaners is, you know, it's just two of them. I feel like yeah. there's like a middle piece that's missing. So right. okay. why not bring back why you know like why not bring back somebody like ODB? You know, I felt like she was a good fit when she brought uh Dina in what was it like 10 years ago when they did some type of gut check challenge and uh Dina actually was the winner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember
0: that because I probably wasn't. That was 2010, that's when I stopped watching. You know
1: what? It might might have been a little bit earlier. I want to say maybe like 2000. I want to say 2008, 2009. I
0: could. um, I'll look on the um, the uh, Impact Plus because the Gut Check challenges are on their app. So I'll have to check. I just watched. Actually, was it uh, the most recent season? Didn't they? Didn't they just have one like last year? I think it's exclusive to the Impact Plus app. If I'm not mistaken. And it might have been held, like, uh, oh, Lord, in the U.K., maybe? I am could be completely off or
1: half wrong or well, 90, 90% wrong. Yeah. When when they did have their gut checks, that was, uh, it, it was usually U.K. exclusive. So. Yeah.
0: I'll have to double-check it, though, because I remember they, they actually filmed some of the matches with the live crowd. It was right before the pandemic started, because it was, like, in that weird building that they recorded in prior to recording empty arena matches, so. Okay. <clears throat> but it was, it was kind of enjoyable, the, the ones that I watch. So, um, the main event of the evening was for the tag titles.
1: Oh, whoa, you know what, before we get Hold to on, that, what did I
0: miss in between? I, oh, I, Jesus.
1: I, I want to talk about the backstage segment where you had so, uh, Scott Demore sent us from Heath, and you know, they're trying to come to fight you know, the, you know. It's, you know, grateful having this opportunity, being a, Part of impact, but you know, for some reason, they just can't seem to come to terms when it comes to uh giving Heath a contract, so, right? Uh, and then there was a backstage segment I know later on, or probably around that same time, where basically he basically blames Rhino for bringing them into impact, like you know, why? Yes, yeah, so you know, somewhat of the same guidelines of what WWE did. You know, when it came to terms of storylines, putting Rhino and Heath together and, you know, having them form this tag team. But now this is like a certain circumstance where it's like, hey, you know, you helped me out. Now I'm going to help you. But now it's like, oh, now Heath's the ungrateful one because he couldn't land a deal with Impact.
0: You know, um, deal. The way that he made it look is that the, uh, he pulled out his uh, contract that he had the lawyer make up. And Scott Demore just flat out said, holy crap, that's a lot of zeros. And, <laughs> you know, it's just like, and uh, he got pissed off, threw it up in the air. And uh, obviously we know he's on the contract, but it's like, <laughs> what do you where do you think it's going to go by, uh, and, uh, by bound for glory?
1: Oh, it'll probably lead up to those two. So you know what? I think what they might do is, now that I think about it, if Heath beats Rhino, yeah. Heath, Heath will earn guaranteed contract.
0: Okay. You think they're gonna do that like a match again? Do you think it's gonna ruin their friendship? That kind of a match?
1: You well know I don't think it'll ruin their friendship. I mean, unless they pull some type of fucking finger or doom or it's all like, hey Rhino, you wanna lay down for me so I can win right,
0: okay.
1: right. That's the only way I could see them getting away with that. But other than that, we'll see. You know, we will see. Yeah. I hear you. And then uh, probably my favorite part of the night, you know, uh, EC3 throwing the TNA title over the That's bridge. right. Bye-bye. That's right. See you later. Thank God. Get the fuck out of my screen. Uh, uh,
0: if, did you see earlier in the show, Moose was going around the gym looking every, under every piece of gym equipment to see if he could find it? yeah i'm um, just like it's not going to be if you don't see it underneath that fucking weight belt it's not going to be under there you fucking jackass like come on now he just looked like an idiot looking around there and you see three through and then the river kind of similar to uh who did that before didn't austin do that to the rock,
1: had rock and austin you had austin yeah. and rock um, right you had cena and edge you know just a bunch of names if right. you if you remember seeing that Edge, that was actually at the the, uh, the Long Island Sound uh, in Hartford. Oh, was it? Really? Yeah. No, it wasn't. Was it? it? Yeah, this was the day after SummerSlam 06. Oh wow, that's incredible. It's, uh, <laughs> um
0: I didn't know they did that in Hartford, but yeah. Um, the next match was the uh, Tag Team Champions. Motor City Machine Guns and Ace Austin, Ace Austin and Madman Fulton. I thought this was uh, quite the enjoyable match. Um, one of the match parts that I didn't like—I mean, I guess I didn't—is it's not that I didn't like. Excuse me. That was that uh, basically, Madman Fulton was holding them by their head and lifting them up. It looks like he's going, like, "Okay, dude, you're gonna break his fucking neck." Like just doing that. Like it's like um, obviously. You know, Savin and Shelly were taking some of the pressure off by the way they they were moving their arms, but I just thought it was kind of Jesus Christ. You know, it was, was a little bit.
1: You know what? I think the painful uh, the painful part of this match was uh, Ace pulling out the the playing cards and then basically slicing in between the fingers of Alex Shelly. Like, oh,
0: <laughs> paper cuts are the worst. This you is know. overall was a pretty good match. The uh, you know obviously the machine guns won by their uh, finisher. I'm not. I don't remember what they called it. Um. Uh,
1: what is it called?
0: I don't know. <laughs> Detroit, Detroit Rock City. I don't know. Um. It was pretty. No wait. Am I? Do I even have the right state? Oh yeah, I do. have the right state. That's right. <laughs> um. <laughs> a overall. lot of band references today. Right. 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 Overall, I thought this was a really good show. I mean, uh, it was fun. Um, they're gearing up towards uh, Bound for Glory in three weeks. I think that Impact really fucking killed it tonight with their with their television product. It was um, one of the, you know, I haven't watched it in a few weeks. I mean, I have, but I haven't really fully paid attention. But um, I, this is the first time I watched it in its entirety in a couple of weeks, and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was uh a pretty fun Sit. I think,
1: um, I think I think think the last time we saw Impact, we saw a fucking Hernandez and Rhino fighting over you know the whole money scandal thing, and then after that we were like split it. Like. <laughs>
0: yeah, but now it's Hernandez and Falaba, if you noticed throughout this episode. And I was just like, what the fuck? They're still doing this shit? Like, it was just
1: ridiculous. It's just it's comical, but. In the end of the show, you had the North coming out trying to uh, get yes, the Yes, that's right. Yep. The good Brothers coming out, so definitely a possibility of maybe, like I said, maybe a tag team turmoil match or a possible four way tag team four way match. match, match the be through them.
0: yeah, yeah, I think I want the North. I mean, never mind. I don't want to say what I want, but I think the North would be great to win that titles back. You know that they're There's they're stuff. great. They're a great tag team, I think, you know.
1: Yeah, they, they definitely should. I mean, I can't really see the Good Brothers doing anything except maybe putting younger talent over. Um, I think the team of Ace and Madman is still kind of odd to me, obviously. It's to very nice. odd, yeah. Obviously, it's some type of resemblance to, like, Michaels and Diesel from 93, yeah. put it that way. So yeah. maybe soon. Down the line you'll see those two going at it Maybe for the world title, who knows And then, you know, Motor City Machine Guns. You know, you have the veteran tag team aspect So if anything, I think the North should pick up the win here Right
0: Yeah, I think that would be uh, I think that would be great for them to win the titles back Because, you know, I, I think there's no one really more deserving In Impact right now Those guys
1: really, they were great tag team champions When they had the belts, I thought, you know Production-wise, I think Impact puts on the best show, whether they have a crowd or not. For them to not yeah. have a crowd, you know, they still put on, you know, a hell of a Absol- show. Absolutely.
0: I think you're right. I think you're right. I mean, um, compared to others, you know, you got WWE who's overdoing it with the Thunderdome. I think I can't fucking stand the Thunderdome thing. I tried watching Monday Night Raw today. This is Wednesday, by the way. I tried watching Monday Night Raw today, and... um It's rather ridiculous, distracting The camera work is fucking annoying It's, you know, and uh, everything is just uh, It's just too over the top Why do they need such a big building if they're doing uh, You know, if they're doing no audience TV tapings And then have to do a Thunderdome I think the whole concept is just ridiculous
1: I mean, the fans fall for it, obviously Because they want to be a part of it, you know I mean, if it's a way of expanding your social distance, obviously it's just a waste of space if you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. you know, you wanted to bring up Monday Night Raw. There's actually one segment in Raw that I did enjoy um this week. Um, obviously these past couple of weeks we've seen retribution, you know, causing havoc, yeah. you know, yep. pulling some NX, you know, pulling some Nexus type, you know, um, Shades of the Nexus, you know. Destroying the whole building and everything, but now, right. you know, The leader has, has been revealed, and it's yeah. Uh, that's um. You know what? the The way I see it, I said the same thing for Brian Myers. It's the window for you know window of opportunity, especially for Musa Ali. Hopefully, they don't change him. You know, change his name. You know, call him like hacker or something like that. Because obviously, you know, months prior there was these segments going on with this. Hacker going on in the WWE, and obviously he was revealed. Uh, well, right. I, I wouldn't really s- necessarily say that he was revealed because you never really saw any segments from that hacker um, right. segments again. But with Ali now as the leader of Retribution, or you know this cult, um, like I said, it's a big window of opportunity, especially with all the missed opportunities he had, especially with last year. As a man, well, you were there too. Obviously, we were at the Money in the Bank 2019 pay-per-view, and right. we saw Lee was right there, right as he was about to grab the briefcase. Who comes walking out? None other than sit on my flower couch, Brock Lesnar, fucking watching uh uh how does wrestling rampage say it? Fucking little house on the prairie, you know, fucking Brock Lesnar, here he comes. Gotta That's ruin my everything. Guy.
0: That's I my guy I gotta happened. tell you something when that happened. I popped. I'm gonna tell you you know why I popped. everybody thinks I'm fucking crazy because it came out of nowhere and it was the least expected thing. Did you expect it to happen?
1: I didn't expect it to happen, but that's where all my disappointment oh, went down did it make that
0: did it make sense? not necessarily, but we watched professional wrestling to get excited to get. You know, to have something uh, out of the out of nowhere shockers, right? Okay. And that definitely was shocking and came out of nowhere, and I loved it. Okay. I thought it was good. And it gave us a couple months of fucking boombox fucking Lesnar dancing in hip-hop clothes. I mean, come on now. I mean, I got enjoyment <laughs> out of that for a good couple months. So.
1: You know, that was a good laugh, but when it comes to aspects of actually getting a world title, do you really think Brock Lesnar actually needs a money in the bank briefcase?
0: Do you think he needs anything?
1: It, like, that,
0: do you think? Do you think he needs to come in and sign that deal with WWE? Do you think he needs that money? I don't think so.
1: All he has to do is sit down. God forbid, he has a hot wife at home with Sable, and you know. I don't. I do
0: She's hot. That plastic surgery's yeah. got to be melting off now. I mean, she's yeah. like sixty. Yeah. Jesus.
1: It, was, it was the attitude. There, right? I yeah. think Carol made a right.
0: <laughs> but in serious note. Yeah, I I just don't think that he needs the money to be doing things. I think he's set up, you know, and he if he comes back, like I said, a couple times a year, that's fine. Whether you know the reason is um people get pissed off because they give him the title every time. I'm gonna tell you. Never shows up on TV. I'm gonna compare this to when I was a kid. You never saw you did not see Hogan on TV nearly as much as you saw him. Like you think you know what I mean? We all knew he was a champion, but they'd also show, like, 30-second promos because he was coming to your town somewhere, like, fucking New Haven, Connecticut, East Bumble, fucking New Jersey. They'd shut... Sh- you know, because he was going to be wrestling Earthquake or Big Bossman in a house show or some bullshit. So it's pretty much very similar in the fact that, you know, people complaining about that stuff, but it's it's very similar in, in that manner.
1: You know, here's a question. Can you imagine having fans nowadays... With, you know, mixed in with, like, wrestling from, like, the 60s. Like, imagine having Bruno San Martino having a title from, like, 1963 to 1971 with the fans of this generation. Our,
0: the fans today would lose their fucking minds. Yeah, they would. They would fucking die. lose them. Because, yeah, because, you know what? Like, he wrestled once a month at the Garden, and he was a champion. He won every time. The fans today can't tolerate those that kind of storytelling, and you know why? You know why they, they can't tolerate? You
1: know, it. you know, you know, you it's... know what it is, Rick. This is going to be the big word of the day. You want to know what it is? Starts <laughs> with a big L. Nope, it's not loser. It's loyalty, because everybody wants to see something different. They don't want to stick with the same superstar. You know what I mean? Is? Obviously, everybody has their fan favorites. Don't get right. me wrong. Everybody has their fan favorites, but once in a while. You get sick of that fan favorite trust me, trust me, like I get what you're
0: out. saying when I was a kid, I didn't like seeing Hogan as a champion all the time. You know what I mean? He held the Did fucking title for. yeah, I like to see it change up every now and again so when they <laughs> when they changed it up finally after four years and they lost the title, I thought given Andre I thought the way it was done. It was done perfectly. You know what I mean? Right. Because there was, they still kept him strong. You know what I mean? D- that he wasn't... Um, he didn't just fucking get his ass whooped. And... So it gave him the opportunity. I mean, uh, what was it? Um, less than a year later, Savage won the title. And then he won the belt a year to the day after that.
1: Yep, Does that in make the sense? same arena.
0: Yeah. So, uh, so you know, it, it's that they still kept Hogan strong. But... Fans today, it's because people think that fans wouldn't be able to tolerate it. It's because, or Vince, excuse me, says that. It's because Vince basically programmed his fans to believe that way, that they're not tolerable to, um, or don't have that kind of patience where they want Crash TV and all that other stuff. You know why it is? It's because Vince just, um, I've always said there's two different kinds of fans in this world. There's wrestling fans and there's WWE fans. WWE fans live in their own bubble live in their own world and they don't know anything else outside of it and they look at anything else that's in a wrestling ring as bootleg and all that other kind of shit right. so you get what i'm saying here with that it's just like vince programmed his fans the wwe universe ever since the 1990s with the attitude era and all that other stuff and that's why Around that time period, Bell started changing basically weekly, monthly. You get what I'm saying? And it's right. just, um, he programmed fans to have that kind of mentality that they couldn't sit there and watch a champion for years, like a San Martino, a Hogan, a Flair, uh, or name anybody else. It, it's all that, that thing in the 90s. What's that?
1: A Backlund, too. You know? Oh, yeah. Backlund. Let's not forget. Yeah. Let's not forget Bob.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I, I just find it you know fans nowadays tolerate months of a reign, and so you know having like somebody hold it for a year two years three a year
0: years. a year is considered a long time by today's standards and 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 to me that's still considered pretty short from when i grew up you get what i'm saying here because you think about it, it's like the longest reigning champion wasn't the cm punk was mo- in current in recent history He held the uh, WWE title for uh, I don't know was it 500 days or something like that. It was like almost uh, it was almost two years uh, he before he lost the belt, which I think is incredible. And God bless him because you know it's like nobody WWE does not have that kind of um, what's the word Uh, vision with any of their guys in order in order to to hold the belt for that long. I mean, look at the people that are in there these days. I mean, you can't put that belt on fucking Seth Rollins for that
1: long, for God's sakes. Brock, yes, I believe Brock you can do that with. But I mean, Seth is a tolerable champion. I mean, obviously, when he had his run, you know, 2014, winning the briefcase, he was probably one of the best, um, like, modern-day wrestlers to hold that briefcase leading up to, you know, Next year's WrestleMania. And then obviously that year was practically his year. You know, he defeated Brock. He defeated Roman without necessarily pinning Brock. Um, you know, he ended up going, becoming a, a double champion with the WWE and the United States Championship, you know, shades of like Luger and WCW. You know? Right. And then, you know, he had some great bouts. You know, he had, you know, he had matches throughout the years against like Triple H. He fought right. Sting you know, which possibly was Sting's last match at, you know, Night of Champions, uh, Cena, you know, and just like the list goes on and on when it comes to violence and right. He, um, you know, each practically lived up to becoming, you know, one of the faces of that comp you know, of that company nowadays. So
0: um, I just don't think that he has that superstar potential to be that person that's able to cross into the mainstream. Actually, who is these days? Nobody's able to cross into the mainstream. It's uh, Jesus. I mean, and, and you know, to, the WWE has a lot of people that have been able to in the past, whether it be Cena, Rock, Hogan, you know, where they were on news outlets and they were, on, uh, you know, they were in movies and cartoons and all that other crap.
1: Well, no, I. I mean, if you want to, if you want to consider Roman, uh, I mean, would a you think? Guy.
0: Yeah, would you really think that he's uh, he's gonna be able to be skyrocketing into the mainstream in movies and all that other crap?
1: Well, I mean, I don't think he's gonna transition into movies as quickly as Rock did or as right. Cena. But I mean, I would say maybe towards the peak. Towards, like, the end of his career, you know, there's yeah. a possibility. I mean, because you got to think about it this way. You know, people who are, like, 10, 12 years old right now, right. they're going to be talking about Roman Reigns within the next 10, possibly 15 years, you know, right. once he transitions out of wrestling.
0: Um, they don't have any of those stars right now that's bigger than the company. That's basically what I'm saying. Hogan and Flair. I mean, you know... Um, Everybody knows who Hogan is, or uh, the other guys that I mentioned. The Rock, Austin. You know what I mean. Everybody. You can go to the supermarket; they're going to be on the TV guide or some bullshit. I mean, yeah. Do they even do they even make the TV guide anymore? <laughs> I don't even know. I have no idea. But it's
1: still on Channel Seventeen. I don't think.
0: So. <laughs> I remember you used to have to wait until I scrolled back over to see your channels uh, that you were looking for.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Yes, but you know what? I I probably could come to terms of agreement when it comes to like you know superstardom because you really got to think about it. Like, the last guy who was practically active, I guess you would say, when it came to like superstardom bases was probably Undertaker. I I mean, besides Brock, who was you know, it's an interesting question.
0: I mean, the guy's already been around for what 30 years in WWE. Right. But, you know, his name so, got
1: up. So.
0: Yeah. But I mean, anybody, like, anybody has anybody been created since? I think Cena was, like, the last of those guys that could, was the crossover into the mainstream.
1: Well, you know what? If you really look at it, I mean, if you want to talk about the three guys who were supposed to be, like, the next big faces of that company as it comes Excuse to, like, my... stardom, mm-hmm. obviously, Roman's one of them. And then the other two, you already know who I'm going to say for the other two: Rollins and Ambrose. Where's Ambrose? Obviously, that didn't really tell. Yeah. Now you see him as one of the biggest stars right now in AEW. Right. So. So
0: I don't know, but I, I still don't think I don't think the AEW is going to have a crossover anytime soon. I think the people that the one person that the people know the most in there obviously is Jericho. Right. You know what I mean? And people think that is just a... Is that that thing... People that I know that are WWE fans, they've asked me, oh, is that that thing that Jericho's doing? Like... <laughs> <laughs> So they don't watch other wrestling. This is the universe that I'm talking about, where it's like there's WWE fans and there's wrestling fans. But, there's but, you more know, than they, one fucking wrestling organization. Yeah. Well, that's what's gonna trans.
1: That's what's gonna transition some younger fans nowadays into watching AEW. Well, obviously, they're gonna see one of those former WWE right. guys, and, and like, that's how oh, it
0: always. That's how it always works with saying. a new organization. There's people that complain, like, oh, that's there's too many WWE guys over there, and even they said Jer- Jericho and Tony Khan said. We're not interested in every WWE guy. There's only certain guys. But you know what I mean? Uh, Miro is marketable in a way. You just have to do... I mean, I thought he was very marketable in uh, WWE. Just uh, give him the right platform. You know what I mean? Vince... It seemed like Vince did whatever he could do with him. And he couldn't do any more. So now he just... Uh, he fired him. And now he's in WWE, uh, AEW. Same thing with, uh, look at this, Sean Spears. You know what I mean? Look how Sean Spears is doing. He's doing some great matches. Look um, at, uh, FTR. Yeah. Perfect example. Yeah. Those guys wanted out of there, and they're killing it in uh, AEW, I, th- I think. I'm trying to think of former, and, you know, I'm trying to think of former WWE talent that's there. It's really only a handful of guys if you look at the roster there. Right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, look at Cody and Dustin too. You know, you have Yeah, you know Dustin's guys. a legend.
0: Dustin's a legend. You know what I mean? The guy has been around for what 35 years or so in professional wrestling.
1: Yeah.
0: The guy can do whatever the fuck he wants. He's not gonna stay with the same company over and over. People that's what people are also not realizing is you know, most of the time, the majority of the time, people don't stay with the same fucking company. Right. All right. They're not gonna just because they're uh they're famous somewhere else. Doesn't that mean that's where they're going to retire? Right. Yeah. You know,
1: perfect example you could probably say is like Sting. You know? Yeah.
0: He never worked WWE. He, uh, in years, he came in and worked three fucking matches, three or four matches, and then retired because of injury because he got injured there. He could have kept going another uh, year or so, maybe. Right. I think he, I think he should, personal opinion, I think he should have came in way earlier because, you know, he worked in TNA for what, quite a few years uh, yeah. and worked some pretty good matches in TNA for a while.
1: But, it, you, know. you know, he definitely made a standout when he came yeah. to, you know, TNA from being like one of those underground promotions in Nashville. Yeah. up to, you know, being like a nice, oh, I wouldn't really say global. I mean, they did some tours in Japan and stuff. Well, yeah, I could probably...
0: He really only had to work one night a week, basically. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah.
1: He was practically making the same guaranteed money as, like, WCW was. Yeah. You know, just sh- shorter dates. That's it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Alright, Dan, what else you got tonight?
1: Uh, Something else. Uh, also, with uh, WWE-related, Um. Do you happen to see that Braun Strowman picture?
0: No. What Braun Strowman picture are we speaking so, of?
1: All right. So this was brought up by Hannah. Well, I seen the picture earlier, but I I, you know, I wasn't looking at this picture full detail. It was basically Braun Strowman showing off his abs, you know, basically saying, like, you know, new look or whatever. And all of a sudden you see on the right hand side towards the sink is a syringe. So what? I'm not sure if that was supposed to be like a funny or um, I know Hannibal was talking about like guys usually like injecting themselves with like the B12 vitamins instead of taking the pill for some reason. Not sure right. why that says I would probably say the pill is probably a lot more safer than taking a syringe, you know, right, uh, you know, possibly could be anything. And I'm not going to sit there and say Bronze Juice because obviously this guy's a former strongman, you know, competitor. Right. Um, right. It obviously can't be I mean, bad. I'm trying not- to find it. I don't see it.
0: Uh, I find it comical that you're mentioning this. I don't. uh Let me see this. And keep talking, Dan.
1: Right. So yeah, I you know I kind of find it a, a little bit comical. I'm not sure if that was intentional or if it was just like one of those things where. He just didn't see the syringe there. So, obviously, people are going to be making their assumptions. Oh, he's juiced up. He's taking steroids. You know, kind of like the situation probably, like, a couple of years back. Uh, People were sitting there accusing, well, I wouldn't really sit there and say that he isn't or is. But, like, right. guys like Jinder Mahal, you know, you see how ripped that guy was when he came back to WWE. The dude's and a fucking beast, yeah. And, you know, obviously you know, there's signs and of, like, you know, like, t- taking steroids because, obviously, your body breaks out, you know, your back starts to break out, which some form of indication maybe he's getting juiced, or maybe he's just taking some type of, like, antibiotic-prescribed type of steroid that's making him look like that. So, right. I'm not sure what the circumstances. I mean, I'm pretty sure Vince doesn't want to go back to trial like he did in 94, but... It's, <laughs> i don't know it's such a different circumstance nowadays i mean especially with this generation how this generation is more involved around not not size anymore like size is just out of proportion nowadays you know i, I right. think rick's here i think eddie guerrero broke that barrier when he won the WWE title in 2004 at No Way Out, you know? Right. That was just going right outside the barrier. Nowadays, it's all about look. It's all about what the hell you could do in the ring. And, obviously, personality, which I believe that's always been the, the main figure of, like, how you deliver yourself in front of an audience, and not only an audience, but, you know, your coworkers.
0: Right. So. Well, I'm going to have to find that photo. I cannot find it right now on the Google machine, so... Very right. interested in. Uh, I'm sure it was deleted at some point. <laughs> so. I mean,
1: you could definitely find it on Hannibal. You you go on YouTube, look up Hannibal TV. He talked about it right there. So I kind of just find it
0: interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It is interesting. All right, Dan. I'm going to cut this a little bit short. You good? What yeah. else do you got to say tonight, my man? What do you, what do you, uh, let's point them to your social media. Sorry. I can't see All right,
1: guys. If you guys want to find me, you can find me on Facebook at Dean Bryant. You can find me on Instagram at D underscore BNC187. And you can find me on Twitter and YouTube at DannyTheBeast94, which on my YouTube channel, if you guys don't know, some of you guys who are already subscribed to my channel, I'm doing a giveaway, and the drawing is tomorrow. So make sure you uh, look up on that video and uh, qualify. Don't want to miss this one out. So... Subscribe to my YouTube channel, especially if you're going to be watching my channel and you're not subscribed. What are you doing? Hit that button.
0: <laughs> All right, everybody. Don't forget, uh, we have a huge couple of weeks coming up. I just booked a shit ton of guests this, uh, this evening alone. But you're going to have to wait to see who they are, just in case. Um, I'm thankful for Dan to filling in tonight, uh jumping on board because the uh guest that I was supposed to be interviewing had to postpone until next Wednesday, Sergeant Murray. Uh and then I appreciate that because we get to talk some stuff here tonight. It's been a while since we've just shot the shit on wrestling. What's up, Dan?
1: And also, um probably within the next couple of weeks or so, uh, Rick and myself. There's going to be some more on the road episodes. Yes, who yes, we yes. At. We'll you know, keep that. We'll, we'll get there when the time comes.
0: We are going. I'm going to be posting a whole lineup of bullshit on the blog. So keep an eye out. Uh, if you want to reach me, it's the Rick Del Santo on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> Subscribe to the Pro Wrestling Zone podcast on YouTube. Apple, Google Machine, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, you can email me at, at gmail.com. And enjoy your evening folks, we're going to be talking a lot more on professional wrestling in the next few weeks Especially this week, we got more shit coming
1: up, enjoy folks, great to talk to you